This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead who haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I am your host, Eric Branson, and with me, as always, <laughs> and welcoming back to the show, is uh, Ryan Steiskel. How's it going, Ryan? Great. I'm doing great. Uh, and joining us is Joe? Joe. Are you well, there? This is, this is surreal. <laughs> yeah, Joe actually will not be joining us this evening. Um, Joe I'm... is, you know, out doing his... His real job and uh, out in the field, uh, hopefully digging up some interesting finds, uh, some dinosaur bones or other interesting fossils in uh, in Utah. So, in the meantime, I'm your daddy now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> You're getting two daddies. Um, <laughs> well, uh, welcome back, Ryan. It's been a few weeks, and we we missed you, as I'm sure everybody listening has as well. So, oh, it's it's nice to be back, uh, and that's the thing. I always. Uh, if any if anyone hasn't caught on yet, like I'm gone back down the guest appearance, and it's uh, it's always good. I don't think I'll ever stop showing up on this podcast. Yeah, you better not. Mm. <laughs> it's the only social right. activity that one has nowadays. Um, that is right. You but to be fair, even <laughs> before the COVID, it was my only social activity. Okay, well, <laughs> prior, yeah, so I, I feel called out, but yeah, that's <laughs> it's uh, it, it's it's just my social activity. <laughs> and I got it. Yep. I have to admit, not being on the past few uh, shows, um, it's just like, oh, wow, even time has moved even more irregularly and out of order and <laughs> is meaningless. Um, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. oh, shit, this was structure. Because you, you were measuring your every Sunday night. We would, you know, yes, it's like sit I would and record. And, yeah. I would always know what Sunday was. <laughs> it's, right. it's movie time. Yeah, I think it's something that people do, especially like, you know, nerdy, white, middle-aged men. Um, With an internet your social connection. life kind of yeah. like dies down due to, you know, whatever. You're in, into your job, into your relationship, into your kids. Uh, and you don't have time to do a whole lot of socializing. This, uh, What do we do? We start a podcast. It seems like it's become like the thing to do. So yeah. luckily, uh, most of us that start a podcast are also podcast listeners so we kind of like eavesdrop on other people's social <laughs> lives and circles <laughs> as well so i think it's a u- unique uh it, it fun culture we, we've had fun with it so uh, i mean what we so. do on the podcast wouldn't be anything different that we do in person right <laughs> yep i have a couple drinks talk about movies it's literally what like every time joe and i would get together we would just end up doing this podcast we just wouldn't be recording it so we've been doing this podcast for years and years and years we just one day decided we were going to start recording it and sharing it with the world you know and luckily we found at least at least a few people out there who care to listen to it so cheers to mountain view california <laughs> that's right <laughs> without you uh our views would not be in the double digits that's right yeah but. That sounds me and self-degrading, <laughs> but that's my sense of humor. Let's carry on. So, what do we got on the plate? Well, um, since you were coming back as your your first time guest hosting, I, I uh, handed the ball to you for the first pick, the first Joeless show here, and um, I'd let <laughs> you pick the movie. So I think I'll let you tell everybody what it is you've got in store for us. Yeah. Wait. Uh. Yeah. I know. I'm the one who chose this. Like, it's weird that I said, what are we watching, Eric? But yes. Uh, So I chose out of... This is how I always choose. I always look at something that just looks off the wall on Tubi. I read the brief description. I know nothing about it. And I'm like, let's watch that. That seems interesting. And my choice was uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Reflect for a moment. On the art of cinema, think of a motion picture like The Last Emperor and the nine Academy Awards it so richly deserved. Consider 
the profound emotional experience of a truly great film. Then forget it, sweetheart. Yes, better blow it out your exhaust pipe, cinema lover, because here comes fun with hair on it. Oh, that's disgusting. You're going to see the biggest piece of shattering entertainment that ever molested your sensibilities. That sounds great. Want a plot? Here it is. It's the end of the 20th century, and mankind has blown its wad. <laughs> the fate of humanity rests in the groin of one man. Their leader, Commander Toady, has kidnapped some pilgrims who wandered into their territory. We're going to get them out, and then you're going to get them pregnant. Yes, if you want a brilliant film, you can go right to... We're going to Frogtown. Hell comes to Frogtown. <laughs> Starring wrestling superstar, Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> Move over, Mr. Mel Gibson and Mr. Robert De Niro. Here comes acting talent and sensitivity like you've never seen. You are one weird dude. And speaking of talent, Turn green, Ms. Meryl Streep. Here's Sandal Bergman, the exquisite star of Red Sonia, and Conan the Barbarian. Hell comes to Frogtown, a story of mutant sex and people like you and me. It's hot. It's wet. And it's bad. It's hell comes to Frogtown. Uh, it's a 1988 um, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie starring um, uh, none other than uh, Roddy Piper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the um, rowdy Scotsman himself, yeah. Right, right. Uh, the late, <laughs> I guess I have to yes. sadly say, the late. Uh, and if anyone doesn't know him from his wrestling career, he's also, you know, um, they live yes fucking, yeah, that's sorry. my first introduction to him but um so yeah i'll fucking brief this uh so summary of this movie <laughs> so essentially uh <laughs> the world is just wiped out by like nuclear war and it's become this post-apocalyptic wasteland where uh the human population has severely dropped and so the movie starts with uh our hero a uh alleged sex offender <laughs> Uh, well, his penis becomes gover government property uh, in hopes to repopulate the human race in order to uh, help a get fight against another growing population, which is consists of these mutants called frogmen, which are literally just humanoid frogmen. Pretty literally, yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's pretty much a classic sci-fi male-centered um, fantasy where damn near everybody is after, uh, how do I put this? Roddy's Piper. <laughs> yeah. I felt for, really for... proud of that description. <laughs> so That's a good one. So I don't know, Eric. What do you what do you fucking think about this one? Well, I <laughs> I think from the get go, like this has gotta be one of those um you have to see it to believe it type of movies just because it's just pretty batshit crazy. Um from your description of the plot, I think uh was you pretty much just got it in the bag it's pretty much um roddy piper has to 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 save <laughs> to save his penis to, <laughs> and the human know, race and the human race yes. but mainly his mm -hmm. penis <laughs> has to uh yeah go and rescue girls from giant frogs to which he then has the government obligation to impregnate all of these people so as um, he helps uh, save the human race and as yeah, he puts um, it best always a patriot <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah, fucking for freedom, I believe he also says at one point. It's a good yeah. line in there, so. <laughs> I, like, I like how the, the, I have to say, I like how the movie starts with, like, he's pretty much getting interrogated by a sheriff for mm -hmm. uh, having relations with his daughter. And they, 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 they claim it rape. So first off, like, straight out the gate, you know, 2020, new age, <laughs> like, mentalities, <laughs> feminist, uh, watching this movie going, like, Huh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. <laughs> Where they're yeah, going to make the, I, the, the lead hero rapist. Though I will say later on, I th I think he there's a rumor about him. There's a bunch of different rumors. And I think how he comes off, it's it's very like classic 80s male stereotype in a sci-fi, like I said. But I yeah. wouldn't classify him as rape. He is a very thoughtful person. 
Yeah, um, I, I got the impression that the dad was just mad. And the yeah. rape, the whole, like, term rape being used was the same way, like, a crazy dad is, like, you know, catches them together and is like, oh, you're raping my daughter, even though, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I would guess from the way he's characterized throughout the rest of the movie, although, yes, he's very, like, 80s man um, kind of character, lead action character. Um, he is thoughtful and he macho, is, like... very macho, yeah. yeah. He's not... I never took that allegation to be serious like i didn't think he was a rapist yeah it was going to be quite the stretch even for a movie made in like what 88 so 87 88 so it's like oh god (laughs) and his and i don't know how how you feel about it but it's very 80s in a lot of ways and obviously the sensibilities are, are a little different but i feel like this one is making a bit of a joke out of it the whole time, like this kind yes. of gender swap thing, and it's done in a way that's almost too silly to be offensive. <laughs> in any, like, in any, uh, so like, the in the first few minutes, I was like, you know, a bit bowled over by like, whoa, is the plot of this really going to be like Roddy Piper impregnating people in a post-apocalyptic? Um, it turns out yes, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's how how did you feel about like the tone of it? Like I. I feel like that it would be pretty hard to be like disgustingly offended by this movie just because it's so silly and a lot of fun and well yeah the the (laughs) intention of the movie is meant to be a funny post-apocalyptic movie it's not meant to be serious it's not meant to be like a mad max it's meant it felt more like a parody of mad max but not directly it's just like hey let's take it like let's take this subject matter and like make it really weird like let's have a post-apocalyptic crisis it's like either lack of water being the motivation but in this case uh human population like so when there's way more women than men in fact they're the entire government uh called medtech and Mm -hmm. like they're the ones who find whatever men are left and if they're fertile they appoint them not just appoint them they pretty much like force them into contract like we need you to repopulate like we find fertile women because not it's it's also like certain women are infertile as well because of all the nuclear radiation fallout but also like so what they they find them in this in this situation like they bust on it these two two women working for the med tech and their military uh fucking martial artists and everything just they showed up <laughs> and they say to him like yeah it turns out like you have quite the reputation you just leave a string of pregnancies in your wake he goes oh really <laughs> cool <laughs> it's like yeah like ah kind of like you know dusting off his knuckles on his shirt kind of huh well that? i i don't know if dusting off the knuckle per se <laughs> but definitely uh wink wink nod nod say no more <laughs> right. yeah um so yeah. they so they pretty much drain him of his fluids, strap a uh, a shock collar codpiece onto his his junk, and they're like, "All right, we need you to save like nine refugee, uh, no, no, nine hostage, uh, fertile human women from a place of mutants called Frogtown, and then and then impregnate them. Like, so just a long yeah, laundry to do yeah, list. Yeah, by the way, yeah, Yep. Yeah, the. Uh... Yeah, it's crazy. It <laughs> you mentioned kind of the Mad Max tone to it, and mm-hmm. that um I think is very intentional. Like this, the post-apocalyptic like because um, that film obviously had been out. And I, I believe the Road Warrior had been out as well prior to this. And um, the reason I do, and just this is jumping way ahead, but the reason I think that that's definitely intentional is because there's actually a series that follows. I was unaware that there's sequels to this film. Oh, yeah. I um, learned about that after, too. But <laughs> there is actually a sequel to this film called The Toad Warrior, which they had to change the name because I guess uh, George Miller was not happy about the uh, similarities. Um, the well, that's the third, the that's name, the the third Warrior, movie. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Mad Max thing is definitely very intentional from the filmmaker. Yeah. Um, where he got the frogs from, not sure, but yeah. So so Roddy Piper has to go in and rescue six girls from a frog gangster's harem. Why a frog man has any interest in having a harem of human women? I'm not sure. Why does he have three penises? Is yeah, another oh, question. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the dance of the three snakes yet, but dancing, <laughs> <laughs> which was one of my um, favorite jokes. There's the what did I? I was going to save this for my review, but I think uh, I'll just bust it out now. But it, th- this movie, like the best like short description I come up with is essentially this movie is Mad Max with 
man where all the villains are man-sized frogs um and well not every man-sized frog but yeah they're definitely that yeah, and uh, basically criminal. a teenage boy's sex fantasy, and the script is <laughs> essentially one one long dick joke, but <laughs> but for some reason it's just uh, it's a highly entertaining. Oh god, film, I almost uh, choked like, on my beer. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, it really is. The amount of penis jokes and references in this are above above average for sure. So. Oh my god, Roddy's. I know. Okay, first off, his his character's name is Sam Hell, but like mm-hmm. it's it's Roddy. His face yeah. and this whole fuck, the, his facial expressions throughout the whole movie are just priceless. Oh, he's great in this. By oh, the way. he's like, amazing. He... It's like the. Uh, I haven't seen many things in him. Uh, and sorry, let me rephrase this, that. Um... Phrasing. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen many things that he's in. <laughs> So, yeah, a little more comfortable question, now, yeah. right? Uh, but because uh, I saw They Live, and I loved him in They Live, and that was my yeah. first movie with him. But I this think those fucking... are the only two I've seen with him as well. Yeah, but oh my god, he's really shut. Like he is great. Like he's like it's not like it's not like Citizen Kane, but it's no, like no, it's but... fucking great. It's enjoyable. Like it's he... like yes, it's 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 dated and it's humor and very much male fantasy. But my god, it's fun if you let go of it. Yeah, yeah, and he's. He's not doing a whole lot out, you know, that's like talent-wise outside of the realm of pro wrestler, but he does it so well. His comic timing is very good. Like you said, <laughs> his facial expressions are good. He could deliver the his one-liners very well. I mean, he's he's a good like leading. Right. I want to say action hero because that's certainly the archetype that he's given in this movie. But he's actually a bit of a bumbling idiot. He's not even very good at being an action hero. He, he's he's like he's a comedic a, Mad Max. Yeah. 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 So, and I think that makes him a little bit more enduring, or endearing. Sorry, not enduring. I suppose as well. I mean, but, he has to endure um, quite a bit in this movie. <laughs> yeah, because you could have made this character, you know, a total creep as well. Um, but yeah. well, that's the thing. There, there are elements in the beginning of the movie where they kind of like, okay, he seems to be what his reputation. They keep talking about. He he looks like like, God, you seem like, like 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 a sexaholic like sex sexaholic <laughs> in terms of just you seemed like just a kind of like a vile man at first not too vile but just like yeah very broy. but as it th- there are a few scenes where he's like when he's forced by the government women that accompany accompany him to engage in having doing his duty as they say have sex with this woman that they drugged up who prior mm. was already traumatized she escaped like the harem and stuff and they're like all right do your duty and he's yeah. like, he felt very like that. You see the first time where he's like not living up to his macho um, persona, which you can tell is like, okay, this is a defense mechanism. This is how he survives, and that's not how he actually is. He he felt very uncomfortable, and they show later on after the fact, like she's very like the woman that he has to engage with after is very like he treated her well, he cleaned her up um, because she was in a terrible state when they found her. Um, and he made sure he was all right to the point where she was very affectionate towards him and thanked him for like how he was. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's an all right way to dance around like the very like yeah. questionable actions, but it, they try. That scene was perhaps like the only point where this, you know, leaves the realm of being comedic or whatever and gets a little bit on the uncomfortable side. But yeah, the way he plays it, 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 it makes it so it's a little less so and um and you kind of get yeah. where he's coming from and that, that it is you know this is taking place in kind of a world turned backwards in a lot of ways at least from an 80s perspective i think that's their intention is they want they're trying to show this character although he's very he's very much a man's man still but like a man being treated the way a lot of scripts or movies treat their yeah. leading women and or at least that's a joke, at least, that you know that runs through the movie. I think that's our intentions. Now, because it's through the lens of the 1980s, I think maybe that doesn't shine through quite as strongly as it might have um, yeah. back then. Um, because you still have, a, you know, a few very glaring 80s kind of tropes going on here. And um, But let's like, talk a bit, little bit for about the uh, supporting cast for a second, and especially yeah. um, Sandal Bergman, who we have uh, talked about on the show before, because she was... Uh, the only other thing I remember her from is the Conan the Barbarian movie. Played Valeria. I think, yeah, I think we were we were talking when we 
talked about the character of Valeria in that movie were kind of like, oh, I don't remember her from anything else. And then there she is. And I, I instantly recognized her. I'm yep. like, oh, here she is. She is in other things. Like, the, the Wikipedia <laughs> but, article on it is very strange. Like, it's definitely written by a fan because there's, like, points of it <laughs> yeah. that, first off, are very inaccurate to the actual movie. And, yes, yeah. Um, but also, like, they they mention, like, oh, that this actress was in this. So it's one of those, like, movies that, like, is popular enough where, like, there needs to be a Wikipedia article about it with some detail, but it's done by, like, the one lone fan who's like, I am the man <laughs> to do it. Yeah. I want um, to write this article. Yeah, how do, how do it? <laughs> yeah, the um, I don't know how you say her name. It's it's like Sekveril or Sekveril is um played the other um, what was her name? Sen- Centel- like f- female Sentinella. Canada. Yeah, like um, Sentinella. Yeah, it's just she... the weirdest fucking name. Runaway. Yeah. Never mind. Who was it was the Runaway. First... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like the the, she was a um military escort that was kind of the the muscle behind the med tech mission to rescue the harem yeah. from Frogtown, and yeah so she gets to you know she totes around her not totes around but i guess rides around on her uh, gun turret on the car and you know she's the she's the tough guy girl in this oh <laughs> yeah movie, and so. the first to take advantage of yeah the first to try of, and prove, uh, Sam. see if the rumors were true right yeah and she goes, "Don't worry, I'm fer- I, I, I'm sterile, <laughs> I'm infertile. Let's do like uh, the running joke, by the way, because so like we mentioned, he wears his cod piece that has like property of the government like written on it and has his beep and light. And Don't if you ever it's run, got, it's got a flap." yes i was gonna say the running joke he's just like how do i in this and they're like don't worry it has a flap and throughout the joke like they're just how do you and he's like don't worry there's a flap, it's got a flap. <laughs> how do i there's a flap <laughs> it's like, that's gonna be my fucking go-to to anything from now the, the like, how do i get this, this? don't worry like... there's a flap <laughs> hell comes to frog town don't worry there's a flap <laughs> oh god it's gonna be great i can't wait to my uh next uh anniversary just <laughs> just whip that one out don't worry um, honey. <laughs> but no uh i'm sorry we we move we moved to uh one of the, we didn't talk like we you brought her up um yes send out spangle Burton. Yes, yep. who plays Spangle, the government persona, and love interest, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of her in this movie? She was very similar in a lot of ways to Valeria, and not necessarily the character, but the performance. And that's I'm not necessarily making digs at her. She was fine, um, but I don't. I, I thought she was lacking a little something to be like the leading lady, but I think towards the end of the movie, I got to like her. Like, um, she's yeah, I agree with you. And, and and that is not saying that it, um that is I'm saying that coming from a place of somebody who really enjoyed her as the leading lady in the Conan movie. So yeah. just something about this character that didn't didn't gel with her. I don't know. Towards the end, all of a sudden, I feel like I either either I came around to her or I you know something or you know just the character grew well, on me. I'm not sure. But. I think that's how they kind of set her up at first because she she's very much like this spectacle wherein um government official who who can fend for herself and shit like they show like right away in the beginning of the movie like she can just flip him like a full-grown man over her back no problem mm-hmm. um but like there's like this weird sexual tension right away because like one she's essentially um like in charge of sam hell and like she's the one who tells him like you need to do this you need to do that like she she's pretty much like this this dare i say the straight man of the situation i don't know she yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but you also like they make it very obvious that she's like into into sam and and multiple times tries to seduce him it's very awkward and i believe that's what kind of goes against her but it's kind of yeah. an endearing quality if you're into that well, i suppose at but first she tries to play it off like she's you know it's all for you know queen and country or whatever yeah uh, for, <laughs> very like for she's your doing duty, it to try duty. and get him aroused so that he can impregnate this you know girl they found um or re- rescued i guess from uh, it's a refugee from frogtown and because um, she what is it she she's trained in seductive dancing is she yep, she yep, claims been... <laughs> <laughs> but then when she's later when she's kidnapped by the uh the frog gangster what's it, leroy something um 
she claims that she does not know how to dance so and he goes oh no she's good at seductive dance yeah (laughs) oh my god okay yeah we're getting to that part but but yeah in the beginning uh yeah she's not she's kind of plays it off like she's just doing her duty right right she's very much like kind of like a to the books character so it's like it's hard to like eh. but you know after like in the especially in the third act which is weird because i think she starts to disappear but you know somewhere Mm. through like her character you kind of you start to see their relationship back like and their like their partnership in this weird situation um and then when she's captured and how she gets out of it and she's she ends up being way more of a fighter than funny enough the actor who is played by a wrestler uh i'm so so uh so there's there's elements there but yeah it's very much you guys deserve each other you're both you're both shitty people in your own ways (laughs) it's like (laughs) right yeah so Um, i guess we should talk about the craziest thing about this entire movie and that's frog town frog town entire idea of the mutant frogs like um oh once (laughs) Eric, once it like I was already kind of like not knowing how to go with this movie, but like okay, I can appreciate this humor. But once I hit Frogtown, I was like, all right, I love it. I love this. <laughs> yeah, me too. I actually think I had the exact same re- reaction. Like I was la- like I was laughing and having a, a decent time with it. But I still had my like. I'm like, is this whole movie gonna be about you know Roddy's Piper, as you put it? <laughs> Roddy's uh, Piper. <laughs> um, and, and in a way, it is. But you throw Frogtown into it, and I'm on board again. Like it's. Uh, <laughs> oh God. So yeah, oh. like, do, do you want do you want to give a give us a little uh, description of of Frogtown? I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Um, so it's very. <laughs> First off, shout out to the so not all the frog prosthetics are great. They're very much like uh, applied um, prosthetics to the face, where they just like it's very much a humanoid amphibian look hybrid. Mm-hmm. So you can see the facial facial uh, reactions of um, the actors and and the characters. But when they go up to like when they have like a like a frog person of like a higher class, I was noticing like either one one the leader. Two, his his second in command, Bull, and three, uh, <laughs> the club owner. Like they are full on frog makeup. Now, given yeah. they have like the classic uh, Muppet Kermit the Frog kind of flapping mouth, but the eye movement and the eye shit yeah, is it's... just amazing, and the texture is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was super impressed with most of the frog, at least the main character frogs. The the like, yes. like you said, the guards and the side characters are. Or the I didn't spend as much time on, but. Or, or the, the femme fatale. The, yeah, um, the girl. Uh, I'm trying to remember what her character. I'm trying to look at her was. name. Uh, Arabella. Uh, Arabella. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so. But but the societies takes place very. So Frogtown itself is very much what looks like an industry, like a waste, an industrial waste. Let me rephrase that. An industrial wasteland, um, and they make because their main occupation is actually like mine. Excuse me, mining uranium. Uh, mm-hmm. And if and they start to find out that there's like a supplier of weapons. I guess frog mutants aren't supposed to have weapons. They're very much treated like a second class citizen, even though they get their own town and everything. So they're they're trying to do like these very loose racial um, mirrors. Case in point, in the beginning yeah. of the movie, in fact, they actually have a black actor or a black character um, degrading a frog man. So. On, your kind isn't right. supposed to have a like you, you. Your kind isn't supposed to have a gun and stuff. And he totally shoots, and the frogman totally shoots the guy. Like he's beating up the frogman and torturing him. I'm like, okay, I don't know if that justifies. Have, <laughs> it's always it's weird when you have like a person of color who go through systematic issues of oppression and racism, especially nowadays. Right. Watching this movie, um, yeah. and then you use them to show like there's even a lower species it's like it's kind of weird i get the point but it's weird um but then kind of like making the point too strongly (laughs) too strongly yeah and then then the frogman of course which uh what's his name they actually gave the character a name in the credits squid lips they call him squid lips yeah um they never say it in the movie mind you it's in the credits and it's in the the list but anyway squid lips as he's called he shoots him (laughs) um and then he ribbits, but I swear to God, it was a racial slur. Like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure he oh, really? said a racial slur. <laughs> like, the way that that ribbit, because it didn't sound like ribbit. It started with an N. I'm just leaving it there. 
Um, oh, man, I didn't pick that up, but <laughs> I did instantly. I did. <laughs> like I'm like I'm putting it in the notes. Anyways, yeah. So long story short, there's kind of like this. It's it's very much set up in a factory. Like the whole scenes are in these factory settings. Uh, toxic waste waste jokes are made, which are it's very great. similar to Waterworld a little bit in that. Yeah, way, yeah. Actually, good. Like comparison. all of all of the um, bad guys. It's it's all like industrial. Um, they it's were very a barge, obviously, in Waterworld, but yeah, and it's very much like a an out a outlaw world. Like if you're a human outlaw, you're okay there. Like you get treated like like shit as like in a way like you get made fun of, but they won't throw you out because it's like, well, if you're a trash human, that's fine. We don't care. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we probably should have mentioned earlier. Like this, this is very much now potentially the weirdest western you've ever seen but it's very much a western in the way that it is set up i mean you got your yeah you know out of towner coming into like (laughs) at least the second half of the film that's a a little less about the penis and a little more about the (laughs) a little more but (laughs) (laughs) a little more about uh because roddy's face roddy's face has come out the most in this one but but actually i would argue this it's actually a mix of not just um because Eric's right, it's very much a mix of like this this Western outlaw situation, but also noir. Because you actually have a femme fatale who is played yeah. uh, well, as CD nightclub. CD nightclub. You got to talk yeah. to like the the human tra- the owner of the club who also knows about the human trafficking situation. The big gangsters, the bad guy. And, right. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. like. It, it wasn't, it, it was there. It was like, yeah, that's interesting. Like, even the mannerisms it, uh, of the, the, the frog that owned the club. And for the life of me, I don't remember his fucking name. Uh, and I don't want to waste uh. the time trying to look it up. But it's, um he's very much, like, reminds me of, like, a noir kind of, like, seedy club owner. Like, he has, like, a sophistication to him. And he goes, like, we even dug up, like, try the beverage to go with this disgusting fucking meal that looks like uh, reptile eggs and shit. And he drinks, and Rowdy, like, after eating that, makes, like, this cross-eyed face. Like I said, ra- <laughs> Sam Hell's faces are the best in in the fucking bar scenes. He just just nails it. Like he drinks yeah. an alcoholic beverage, and she's like, "What's wrong?" He goes, "It tastes like industrial waste." But later on, he drinks something. They're like, "He's like, oh my god, it's a beer. It's a real yeah, beer." Real beer. Yeah. And the frog's like, "Yes, we dug it up." And he turns the bottle around, and it's a Coors Light, and it's just this aged like horribly <laughs> and it's just like but he's just like we have the finest sophistication i like i like your, your i i love that character you get him for like like five minutes and i loved it it's weird yeah and i uh, don't actually see him listed on the mm-mm. which is crazy because they list like it it's like side characters from anyway they put fucking yeah, squid like, lips on here he has like <laughs> yeah, no speaking role minus that blatant frogman n-word <laughs> that n-word uh, ribbit um so the other character that i, I this is probably worth mentioning is looney tunes yes which is <laughs> a, a crazy old miner that sam had known either in the war or you know just after yeah um like a father figure they kind of set up yeah kind of like, the obi-wan cheap, kenobi of this ye- movie i guess in a way yeah i'd put it that way <laughs> I guess. But yeah, so this crazy old man that's kind of hanging around Frogtown, you know, doing his uh, his thing, I think kind of uh digging up uranium. Yeah, right, pointing people to the uranium or striking uranium or whatever and um yeah, I will... an old friend ahead, of Sam's that ends up becoming an ally of his and you know, trying to accomplish his mission. But... I will say that Looney Tunes has the nicest teeth that I've ever seen. <laughs> in a post-apocalyptic situation like pure joe biden chompers <laughs> like the whitest i think of they white. were fake if i hadn't seen you know pictures of of well even on the like the, his wikipedia page but like rory calhoun who played looney tunes like his pictures from the 50s and 60s he's still got those like perfect white teeth so oh my god yeah so, like i wouldn't doubt it if those were actually like fucking dentures but i'm just saying like given the context of the situation well kept sir for a minor well kept yeah especially yeah. a minor of fucking uranium because your teeth among well, other things like, are falling the rest out of his kind of costume and persona in the film doesn't seem to fit perfectly <laughs> 
white teeth, but hey. He's got like a spotlight on his cowboy hat or some <laughs> shit. It's great. I Oh, God, it's great. It's weird. Yeah. Like, it's funny because, okay, I just watched the movie today, of course, before the review because that's how I do these things. But like, <laughs> as we talk about it, it's making me like love it more. Like these little fucking things. Like there's a reason that people kind of like this movie. Yeah, they're... Yeah, by the time I was done watching it, I'm, we're probably spoiling reviews, but oh well, we always do. But yeah, I, I had the same reaction. Like, I started off, like, you know, laughing along with it. By the time this thing was over, I was a fan. Like, I'd, I'd go and watch it again, so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's easy to watch. It's not overly comp. It's very much, it's not a flat-out satire, like certain movies can be but it's definitely like we're just gonna have fun with this like that there's the whole point of it is to make some jokes yeah um it's and, not parody in the way of like the you know movies like oh even kentucky fried movie we talked about last time you were on and um it's not a parody like that but it's got enough references to stuff that would have been like culturally significant at the time when it was made that i think um yeah it's it's certainly satirical in a lot of ways and it's also like like you mentioned, it's got this kind of clever way of bringing all these different genres in. It's it's kind of sci-fi. It's kind of a western. It's kind of you said you found elements of noir, which I agree with. Once you brought that up, I didn't think of that one. Um, well, there's yeah. So it's got a lot of interesting stuff going on. It's here's another thing I noticed. Like even the costume design, mainly of Sam Hell, um, Rowdy Rowd, uh, Roddy's character. Um, if you look at it very closely, and I didn't notice until the fucking very end of the movie, mm-hmm. but first off, he's wearing jeans, but he also has like this, 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 not, I don't want to say kilt. Sash or yeah. Yeah. Like very much like a giant cloth. <laughs> cloth that covers his junk, which is very symbolic, but it's yeah. very long and stuff like something you would almost see like in a native American chief in a, in a Western for, for example, um, but above that, he's wearing a jean jacket, uh, jean jacket, and um, underneath it, this is the weird part. He's wearing one of those like cheap, like, um, and you can't tell because it's dirty and it's ripped to shit. But when you, but you notice, I noticed the the the, um, what are they fucking called? Um, kind of like blouse-like elements of 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 what I'm saying. Oh my god! Come on, Ryan, you can do this. Come on, buddy. <laughs> It's very hot in the room that I'm recording in, and just sweat is just dripping off my beard and mustache. It's awful, and it's distracting. Oh, God, where's the frogman? It's humid enough. Anyways. No, it's very much like a... turning into a frogman. <laughs> Get the three penises and everything. I need the snake dance. The three, sna- oh. <laughs> the three snake yes. dance. We must talk about that as well. So. Um, but no, Rowdy's uh, undershirt is actually um, one of I'm those cheap come up Cheap. with pictures so i could help you i'm trying to remember what his on what his it, shirt it's was. a prom it's a prom blouse it's one of those cheap plum prom blouses that like men wore with the frails on them or whatever like down oh, yeah. the center <laughs> it's and it's light blue but you can't tell because it's really fucking dirty and i'm like that kind of adds to his kind of personality as like a woman's man in terms of like you know, hit it fancy shirt. And... Yeah, hit it and quit it. But it's like one of those guys from like what, what you would see in a 1950s fucking prom situation. Like this is a guy who like I feel like the war happened, like given that's not the case with this character, but a guy where the war happened right right after or during his prom night <laughs> and he never stopped wearing that shirt. Now, that's not the case because he has a that you find out later oh. very shoehorned in that he had a daughter that died from the war. But I mean, yeah. But that one element of the costume detail where, like, they just throw I see that it now. shirt. I'm just looking at a picture. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a frilly shirt. It's, uh, yeah. And it's, and his, like... His jacket... You know, I guess that's the... His jacket's not really a jean jacket like they show in the movie poster. It's more of almost, like... It might be his military jacket, like, tarnished. Um, so it's got, like, buttons and... Um, but then it's very much like later, yeah, ripped down to. So maybe he's got three layers. I don't remember it. If go back and look again. But anyway. Yeah, it's it's very much a dirty, interesting frilly costume shirt. choice. Yeah. It is. Sure. It is. Because uh, it does. Oh, it the makes belt, you wonder. The like, belt hey, is what? a military belt. The belt holding up his kilt is very <laughs> much like a. It's a. It's it is an olive green military belt, like where it's like one size fit all adjustable. Anyone in the fucking National Guard knows what the fuck I'm talking about. But it's yeah. it's one of those, like, it's crazy. It's very <laughs> much like, 
an so, 80s post-apocalyptic movie <laughs> so should we've mentioned it three times should, should we talk about the dance of the three snakes is that you can take this one i feel like i've talked <laughs> so, a lot <laughs> so the uh, kind of one of the things that <laughs> i'm sorry towards the towards the climax of the film we find out after um spangle has been um taken into the harem to like go and attempt to join the harem just to go dance for the what's his name leroy the gangster frog that uh, <laughs> is kind of yeah. the, the, the head honcho of Frogtown. oh um, um his name is toady t- is it toady <laughs> it's toady <laughs> <laughs> okay. no lie um so yeah he has to go she has to go and dance and um the as they're kind of prepping her for what to expect um to join the harem she must perform the dance of the three snakes and it's mentioned a couple of times as we're leading into this scene where she has to go in and dance for for toady and And you have to uh, and hopefully survive it right yes just survive the dance of the three snakes and she keeps asking well what is the dance of the three snakes and everyone just kind of like well (laughs) they're they're kind of cagey about nobody answers her and uh they make it sound very dangerous yeah yep (laughs) And so we find out after she first tries to get out of dancing by saying she can't dance and um, <laughs> the uh, three snakes are actually this frog or toad. And I, did, I forget to look up, uh, you know, the science behind this, but actually, has, <laughs> I don't, Eric, I don't think there's a science behind it. <laughs> actually has three penises. And the way you get into the harem is if you can get all three snakes to dance. <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> So that's anyway. that's his maximum arousal. They don't yep. show the penises, but they do show like the movement, <laughs> the movement underneath in the his like, pants. garment, which is is yeah plenty. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> she gets uh, out of it in the greatest way. Yeah, yeah. It it's yet one more, well three more technically. Um, <laughs> dick jokes that land pretty well in this simultaneously, movie. like pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. And how she Dance breaks three, three out of it, if, if you guys don't aren't gonna watch it, she kicks him three times. Like yep. there's like bam, bam, <laughs> it's like bam, yep. bam. The final one being like the drawn out one. <laughs> like damn. Should have added some Looney Tunes style sound effects, and it would have been perfect. There is something like that actually, I think. But yeah, it's it's. <laughs> everything in this movie that sounds ludicrous it is it's it's ridiculous but it's it's done very well and it's very funny so well even when she's like trying to like get the harem to join because all like pretty much all that's left in the harem they're very they're pacifists they make that known blatantly and she's like come on let's rise up let's do this and she's like and the one lead um woman in the harem's like she she's probably right and then she just gets taken um what's her um what's the character's name again Spangle? Spangle. Spangle yeah. just gets taken yeah. after doing that mot- like very cheap motivational speech. And then, yeah, then lead they, harem then they just... don't do anything to help her. Just like, yeah. Yeah, and then just, she just turns and goes, or maybe not. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> yeah, I think there's another point, even like a little later in the movie, when they're, you know, expected to do so. It's like, but I'm a passive, and like, I, I can't do that. <laughs> it's just like, what, grab a sword? That's what yeah. it was. Um, how about oh, the Oh, you're final... right. Yeah, it's at the very end now yeah, when she... Um... How about the yeah, final so the, villain? the very climax of this film, the, the yeah. prison guard character from the beginning comes at, comes back and ends up being kind of the final villain of this. Um, With an RPG he, and shit, yeah. Yeah, like he he uh, comes back to find you know the guy. This is the guy that accused uh, Sam Hell of raping his daughter at the beginning. I think uh, like the, Captain something. What's his? Yep, uh, Captain Devlin was his name in the yep. film, played by William Smith, and he. Um, comes out on this crazy he's not just an angry prison guard anymore but he's like the 80s equivalent of a men's rights activist and um <laughs> essentially is you know God. doesn't like that all these women are in power and bossing him around and all this stuff so he wants to kill sam hell because sam hell is the hope for the future that medtech is you know and also had relations with his daughter apparently and uh so he ends up being well, the, the kind of you know big also, villain at the very end of the movie, even that we get a surprise villain after they've already escaped from Frogtown and and killed Toadie and. Uh, well, to add to that, he also is the guy who's selling guns to the to the frogmen 
in order to get their uranium that they mine so he can have a nuclear bomb and just as he puts it wipe the slate clean because women have made it worse it's just like this blatant like fucking just yeah it's douchebag (laughs) just douchebag right Kind of like you're like, you think there's anything sexist about the plot of this film? No, this guy, this guy is the sexist, like, asshole. The, like, there he's he gonna is. take the cake. Yeah. It's not the guy so. who's, like, forced into sex labor, who <laughs> 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 wears a uh, government owned cod piece that it can explode in a kilt. Uh, oh, no. yeah, the, the can explode thing. Like, it's supposedly rigged with explosives the whole time, and actually mm. finds out that it's not, that Spangle just told him that. No, it is. It's but it's. It, it, oh yeah, it, it does end up exploding. You're right. You're right. It yep. blows up right in Bull's face. That's okay. Yep. Let's add that After scene. They let's saw mention it that. Of <laughs> Another scene where you just see Rowdy Rowdy's facial expressions, <laughs> where he's just yep. tied up and Bull, a man with one like it's a frog man with an eye patch, <laughs> with a chainsaw. Just he's he's about to go at it. Chainsaw runs out of gas, and he goes. And it's like, what? what's next? I get more gas. And then just fucking, <laughs> there's a whole scene where he's just filling up with the, the fucking chainsaw with gas. Like, you're watching him do it as they have, like, this dialogue. And the frogman, this is my favorite part, one of my favorite parts. Bull the frogman, at one point, when Rowdy's just like, no, it's a cod piece, it's going to blow up. It's uh, uh. The frogman just looks at him, holding the chainsaw, and goes, you're a really weird man. Like, you're a really weird dude. <laughs> really weird dude. <laughs> yeah. Flat out says, you're a really weird dude. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down. It's one of the best lines. <laughs> Just like, you're a really weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, this th- this is getting a higher grade than it originally yeah. was going to. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well... Uh, do you have any any final thoughts or speaking of should we should we let's get just to do grades it or? let's get it to it okay. yeah well what, um what do you think you know i read most of what i wrote as my review but uh for for that description like mad max with frog boys you know dick jokes all that <laughs> but essentially what you get when you put all that stuff together is you get kind of like 80s gold <laughs> like this is a only could have happened in the 80s type movie but it's it's really pretty great it's entertaining throughout and honestly the humor is juvenile as it can be and uh, obviously this whole thing is like a teenage boy's sex fantasy you know sci-fi sex fantasy um but it all works and it's funny and it's fun to watch it's just kind of like a trashy and again a kind of trashy fun movie and um I have a soft spot for those, so I think I'm going to give this one a B plus. I liked it a lot. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I have to agree with you. I, I, I it was going to be like in a B, lower B, but B plus depends on how often I want to rewatch it. Possibly even an A minus. But for now, first go <laughs> talking about it, definitely B plus. And same with Eric. It's it's a lot of the same highlights. It is just, it is that nerdy horny teenage boy sci-fi fantasy but it also feels like that's what it's trying to parody mm-hmm. like if it's yeah. trying to do, be a parody it's making fun of like those scenarios <laughs> it's uh what do you think joe oh never mind joe no no, <laughs> no. he was joe. bummed <laughs> yeah i know he he was looking forward to this one i think but um, um, he is, he did say he was going to send in and so it may end up on the finished show instead of me saying this, or it might not, we'll see, but we may get a, a short, um, Joe review of how comes to frog town. So we'll see. Um, I am curious about that time or the ability to do that. Otherwise I'll, I'll press him for it. Next time we all get together, we can talk about it for a little, for we a few should, minutes. Yeah. Cause I know he watched it. I know we, we, we talked about it very briefly, but you know what so. we should do? We should just do a Joe reviews and all three of us be a part of it. Make it make it a, an extra in the video junkie yeah, podcast because I really, sadly, I yeah I kind of wish Joe was part of this. Like I'm glad that we're <laughs> would joke about it, but my God, it would be great all of us for this yeah. movie. Did not know that was going to happen with this I, movie. I'm going to guess that he's going to land somewhere right around where we where we are on this one too. I don't think this yeah. is going to be one that's going to split split the crowd but uh I, you know joe a he says a plus gold star <laughs> six stars out of five greatest movie of all time deserves an oscar 
<laughs> not sure it's quite there but i mean i don't know a few more watches in the right crowd i could be convinced but <laughs> it's just the three frog men oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning into the Video Junkyard Podcast. I have to do Joe's spiel here, and I don't have it all written down. But anyway, we'd love to hear what you think if you have seen um, Hell to F- Comes to Frogtown. Uh, if you have any thoughts um, or... Criticisms, what witticisms. What Criticisms or witticisms. Yeah, that came from yeah. a junior high teacher I had as well. I should remember that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, please send it to us at the Video Junkyard podcast you can send us an email it's videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com or go ahead and leave a message on the facebook group or send us a message on twitter at video junk pod those are the best ways to get a hold of us and um yeah we'd love to hear from you yeah actually next week we'll have uh, ryan's going to be joining me again uh for a movie we will probably pick out in about five minutes from uh, 2b <laughs> uh but i don't know what it is as of yet so we'll keep an eye on the the facebook page and it's... we will uh, make sure and let you know the monday before that's going to air what we will be reviewing um so it's probably gonna Ryan be dance will... of the three snakes most likely yeah yeah or return <laughs> to Frogtown, which is the we didn't talk about there i looked i looked we can't find space, it on 2b so. <laughs> it's ah. i, I, I looked i would have yeah so that might might be a fun one to do at some point but if you have it uh, send it to us because we're not buying it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i would like to thank you as always for tuning in the video junkyard podcast and um hope you will join us again soon and uh i'm eric branson i'm ryan seiskel bye (laughs) good night you have been listening to the video junkyard podcast I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash videojunkyardpodcast on Twitter at videojunkpod and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>